We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat and Jason. Wow, what a difference a couple games make. The last time we recorded this podcast, uh, the Bulls had never been down worse. They were coming off giving up 150 points to the Minnesota Timberwolves. At the time, we didn't even know the locker room basically freaked out at Zach Levine at halftime. Uh, That ended up being a game when the Bulls gave up the most points allowed to an opponent since 1982. And it felt like, you know, just rock bottom for the season. Me and you went into the podcast saying, all right, man, we didn't want to blow it up. We liked this group of guys. But at this point, seems like the best thing they could do is to try to pivot out of this era of the team gain some future assets, gain some, uh, you know, future flexibility. God, I hate that I said the word flexibility. Somewhere (laughs) Gar Foreman just cracked his knuckles hearing me say that. Uh, And we were both in an agreement that that was probably the best path forward for the franchise. Then they beat the Heat in a game without Jimmy Butler, in a game without Kyle Lowry. Uh, Bulls actually looked pretty good in that game. I thought Levine's defensive effort was clearly improved and, Uh, You know, they just ran away with the game in the second half. So that was a nice dub. And then tonight, Bulls win again, 110-108 over the Atlanta Hawks. I got to say, Jace, I watched every second of this game, (laughs) and it was thrilling. I'm back home with my parents for Christmas. My dad and I sat down and watched it. My dad went to sleep midway through the third quarter because he's an old man. (laughs) But when I think about blowing it up and I got to be honest, well, I'll, I'll start with this. Were you rooting for them to win this game or were you rooting for them to lose? No, this I mean, were you watching this game. I, I said at the end, I said at the end of uh, the last podcast, that I am not bringing myself to root for losses. Like if they lost, I would laugh and it'd be funny and we can just all bitch about it. But like, I'm not rooting for them to lose. Like, as we've said, like we don't, I, I don't want to go through another like miserable stretch of like awful, terrible bulls basketball and rebuilding. Like the, when we just went through it. So like, 
if they actually were to actually turn things around, like that, I guess that'd be great. Whatever turning things around means winning these two games does not mean anything right now. The, we've seen the bulls play well in a couple games in a row. And you can argue that if they played well today, uh, I was not able to watch that much of this game. I was following along at the end, though. I know. I mean, they went up 18 points. I guess they were playing well for a sh- they went up 18 uh, and then Cru- and Crusoe got hurt. He got a concussion and then they whatever they they blow it and they were down. There was a 26 point swing. The Hawks were up eight. It looked like the Hawks were going to cruise to a victory down the stretch. And then the Bulls started making every mid-range shot. The Hawks couldn't grab a rebound. That's what happened on the last play. John DeMar throws up an air ball and John Collins can't catch a rebound and I.O ends up with it for the put gaming to put back. Uh, I mean, just kind of a similar, like crazy ending to the last Bulls Hawks game where AJ Griffin hits the game winning uh, floater at the buzzer. IO gets this crazy put back on a loose ball at the buzzer. So a little revenge there. Great to see IO get a moment here because he's been struggling a bit. He kind of was out of the rotation a little bit lately. So, I mean, good for them, but yeah, I mean, these two wins does not change anything right now, but again, I was not rooting. I'm not rooting for losses. I just don't really care if they lose at this point. Like if they do it and they want to go with the blow up route, like uh, sure. But I think like these last couple of games, and I guess, first of all, we didn't, we haven't even mentioned yet how this comes on the heels after that, whatever the, the, that Timberwolves game. First of all, we heard after the next day about Shams with this athletic article and we get, and this thing is going national with like Zach Levine and Tamar have been having like one-on-one convos and there might be some on-court tension. There's a report. The report in there was also that Zach is just like not seeing eye to eye with the team. Zach is quoted in this. I immediately thought this was the clutch leaks, uh, clutch putting in overtime. Maybe there's some bull stuff in there as well. But uh, I know Zach tried to refute that, like he's not seeing eye to eye. But like I, whatever. But that and so then, whatever later that night, then that's when the Timberwolves blow up thing came from the local guys from like Cowley and uh, KC. So it was just like, this is either going to go one of two ways. The Bulls are going to win some stupid games here and like get everyone, whatever, like get everyone's like hopes up again. Again, my hopes are not up yet. They have to play way better for a much longer time, but, or they're just going to go completely into the tank here. Uh, and they, I said they would, they lucked out a bit playing the heat without Jimmy who got sick. No Kyle Lowry. I think they were missing like Gabe Vincent and maybe a couple other guys as well. So they were missing like three fifths of their starting lineup. Bulls did well to bounce back. They they got smoked in the second quarter. They dominated the second half. And then on a second night of a back-to-back, I mean, easily could have lost. This Hawks team, talk about also like bad vibes surrounding like the Bulls. I believe the Hawks are also a bad vibes, just kind of garbage team. Hasn't really, I mean, they're not bad, but I mean, I think there's 500 right now. So like, they're not that good either. So like, again, another toss-up game against a whatever mid team. And this is kind of going where I was, wondering at the our last podcast like we th- think they should blow it up but like will management want to do it will the east be like uh, will the east allow them to do it and now the bulls winning these two games um get to 13 and 18 which is still a bad record but they're still like right there in the play-in tournament so it's like this will now give maybe front office some hope like oh like they played pretty well in these road games now they go to new york on friday so it's like i feel like <laughs> They're just going to do this whole song and dance all year would be my guess. I mean, maybe they actually do turn things around and like totally like shove it in our face. Uh, I'm certainly not going to expect that as of right now. I mean, they barely won this game. They probably should have lost it. They got pretty lucky. A lot of clutch luck coming back. Uh, like a whole season's worth of clutch luck in this Hawks game with all the mid-range shots down the stretch that they made, all those tough shots, and then the offensive rebound stuff with Collins fumbling that and a couple other putbacks they had. So it's like... 
like I said, I don't know if much has changed. It is interesting now that some of like this, um, the like the turmoil tension stuff is going national. A lot of like reporting and like rumblings out there about all all these teams are like watching the Bulls. Like, are they going to blow it up? Like, they're ready to pounce on these possible trades. Um, but again, kind of going back to what I said, and I think these, these couple wins will play into that last pod. I don't know if they're going to do it. I don't know if ownership management wants to do it, and especially if they're going to be in this play-in race probably all year because I don't think they're that bad. Like, I, it doesn't surprise me that much that they won these couple games because they're not that bad. Like, I didn't think they'd totally bottom out. So here we are. Of course, they won these two games. I don't think much has changed as of yet. You got to be a lot better for a lot longer. Um yeah, that was a lot. <laughs> Ricky, whatever. Take it away from me there. First takeaway, it's first takeaway, it's good to see this team has some pride. Yeah. Because that was what was so depressing about game. losing both games to the Knicks, the yeah. second one in blowout fashion, and then getting just totally smoked by the wolves yeah. without Rudy and Cat. It was like, okay, are they really just gonna roll over and die? But like you said. Uh, the local reporters uncovered that, you know, they had a big blow up at halftime of the Minnesota game. And, you know, maybe the the team meeting bump is real because <laughs> they have just looked a little bit more engaged and a little bit more active and energetic uh, since that happened. Is it going to sustain? I don't really know. But I do think it's a good sign for the team in general that Levine is the highest paid player on the team was probably the most uh, he he was the most to blame for that Wolves game. Obviously, one guy isn't going to give up 150 points in a game by himself, but Levine's defensive effort was really poor in that game. Stefano did a great uh, tweet on that sort of highlighting some of the, you know, poor rotations Zach made in that game. But Zach certainly looked better defensively, uh, both against the Heat and tonight. There were a few times in this game against the Hawks where uh, I I had one possession circled from the first quarter where like he basically ran Bogdanovich off the line and then just stuck with him to like contest a shot as he drove to like the maybe 14 foot area uh, forced a miss. So it's just good that like a they have the type of infrastructure where they can call out the highest paid player and the biggest star on the team for his bullshit and he can (laughs) respond in a positive way. And then the other side of that is like, I totally agree with what you said that like the Bulls were never a terrible team. And I took issue with Michael Pina wrote writing that in the ringer uh, when he called him a trash team, because as I've said a couple of times, like they had basically scored as many points as they had allowed when they lost that first game to the Hawks a couple of weeks ago on the miraculous Griffin tip. And okay, so then you had the two Knicks games and they lose both those games, lose the Wolves game. And now they string two wins in a row. If you look at the point differential right now, it's minus 1.4. I do think that like ultimately this team is about like a, you know, they're in the plus 0.5 to minus 0.5 range of point differential at the end of the season. They're mostly a really average team. Yeah. You called them at the beginning of the year, like a five, they'd probably be 500, like depending on Lonzo stuff. And like, it does feel like this is probably where they're heading, like high thirties around 500, like at best, right? Probably. 
Yeah. Right. And it's just like, you know, losing so many close games. So this should bump their clutch record, I believe, to four and 11 after winning this Hawks game. It's just like losing so many close games. The weight of that has to take such a toll on. Yeah. So it's nice to see they didn't just roll over and give up. I do think like this team's mostly made up of good guys, right? It's not like we we'll talk about the Zach report and like, obviously, that's frustrating. And it does seem like it's kind of a bunch of bullshit from Zach. But he responded well after you know his teammates called him out. There is some accountability in the locker room, so I think that that's good. And ultimately, like I still think it's hard to talk yourself into the Bulls being a Lonzo Ball return away from being a competitive team in the East. Uh. But they're just kind of like an average mid team without him, and we kind of got a Lonzo update today too. We, we did. It was not great. Reporters <laughs> like. at a charity event and basically said the knee still hurts. It's always going to hurt. I'm yeah. just going to have to figure out a way around it. So if like this is your white knight coming in to save the team, uh, it's really hard to to talk yourself into that. Uh, and then of course we know like the flip side of that is, well. You already traded your pick to the Magic. It's top four protected. This is a loaded draft. You would love to get in the top four to keep your pick. And really, that's the one thing that could like change the Bulls' future outlook is like finally getting some lottery luck. So, uh, yeah, I like I don't I totally agree with what you said that nothing about the state of the team really changes with these two games. But this was an entertaining game. <laughs> maybe we wouldn't have any entertaining games if they traded DeRozan, if they traded Caruso. Caruso, by the way, exited this game is in and is in concussion protocol right now. So hopefully a- AC is all right. Uh, that dude is just an injury ticking time bomb. And when we were talking about blowing it up, I'm like, Caruso should be the first guy they trade just because. First of all, he's going to have a wide market of teams interested in him. And also, like, you just never know when he's going to get hurt. He plays so hard. And I don't want to say he plays recklessly, but, like, he has to play. Sometimes. Yeah. uh, That he's always putting himself in harm's way for a potential injury. So that happened in this game. Hopefully, he was, what, a plus 19 or something? Like, the game changed when Caruso went out. And that's when they kind of started to fall apart. Uh, And Like, so they were able to kind of get it together there at the end, finally. But. Yeah, huge. I mean, huge loss. And I mean, if he's got a concussion now, probably out Friday against the Knicks, I would guess we'll see. I guess you hope that he's okay and that he won't miss any time. But uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, clearly like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. One put on him by Pascal Siakam in the garden. So, man, the Knicks were on what? Like a eight game winning streak, I believe. Wow. So it'll be, you know, Bulls. I feel like. The Knicks should not be much better than the Bulls. No. These two teams should be about equal. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Talent-wise. The Knicks are playing great team basketball right now. I do think the Knicks are a little deeper, and Randall is having a really great season. Brunson Brunson has been great. Phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, uh, you got to have a lot of respect for someone like Jalen Brunson, who truly maximizes every ounce of talent in his body. He's slow. He can barely shoot. He's short. Like this guy should not be this good, but he's just been a killer since he was in high school here in the area at Stevenson. So, uh, we'll see how the bulls can respond to this. They got, uh, you know, the Knicks next on Friday and then Houston, Milwaukee, Detroit, Cleveland, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Philly. That takes you through the a lot of tough games. So (laughs) some tough games there for sure. I mean, you would think they should beat Houston and Detroit at least. 
And then after that, like Brooklyn's playing real well, Philly's playing real well. Cavs playing East, great. And there's like five good teams in the East, and then the Knicks are sixth. And then the entire playing picture is like 500 teams with it's like three 500 teams. And then the fourth team, the last team in the playing tournament right now is the Raptors. They're like and half a game ahead of the yeah. Ball. And then the Bulls are right there. Yeah, they're sort of a disaster. And then the Bulls are right there. So, uh. Nothing really changed, but this was a fun game to watch. And I just want to like highlight that because if they do blow it up, we're not going to have fun games to watch. <laughs> and we started this podcast after they made the Jimmy Butler trade, I believe. Right. It was around there. And uh, we had no fun games to watch basically since we started this podcast. So that was a cool game. Hey, do we even mention Io wins it at the buzzer? I mean, what a play that was. Io inbounds the ball to DeRozan. DeRozan airballs a baseline, probably 18-foot jumper. The ball goes through John Collins' hands. <laughs> Io's right there, scoops it up, puts it in, and then teammates tackle Io on top of Onto John Collins. <laughs> adding insult to injury because he should have been corralling the you know, the rebound. Of John Collins just wants to be anywhere else right now. Uh, th- he's been in trade rumors for years. It keeps, I mean, last year I thought he was going to be traded. Tonight he had four points, uh, seven rebounds. I think he just missed a lot of time. This Hawks team doesn't seem like they're having a very good time either. Uh, like AJ Griffin's one of like the few bright spots. It seems like uh, John no, Collins no. just probably wants to be anywhere else. And he especially did not want to be on the bottom of that pile, getting <laughs> smashed by bulls players after, after getting up that rebound and losing the game like that. So do you want to sort of detail the report in the athletic about Levine's frustration with the team, uh, the spat between Levine and Billy Donovan and sort of the, the eye on like, you know, can DeRozan and Levine work long-term that was all in that Shams article. So I think you can, uh, you can transition into that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, yeah. I kind of brought it up earlier. It was just like, I mean, I feel like it was presented as like a bigger bombshell than it really was in the print. Because again, it was like, you know, the Bulls are losing. Zach has like a lot of respect for DeMar. They've been having these one-on-one meetings, but like it hasn't been translating to on-court success. They naturally have some like tension as like a 1A, 1B type. And like Zach hasn't been playing that well this season. There were some rumors. There were rumblings about that last year as well, about like, oh, like is Zach upset that like DeMar has kind of come in and taken his mantle as like the best player on the team and like face of the franchise, even though like Zach is now the the max, the max man. So like that kind of stuff was whatever the stuff about Zach and like the bulls, like not seeing eye to eye. I mean, again, I wouldn't say that necessarily a bombshell because he hasn't been playing great. We already had the stuff with Billy at with, after that magic game. And then there was another part of that. That was like, uh, that the, the some in the locker room who are skeptical of Billy Donovan. Again, I feel like that kind of plays into just the issues Zach was having, which is why this is that would led me to believe like this is coming from clutch, from obviously clutch represents Zach. They're trying to get it out there because there was some other stuff later in the story about like, Oh, Zach has been got a max deal after playing through this injury. And like, he's, he's trying to come back from the surgery. There might've been some, like Shams reference team sources and league sources. It felt like something that was from Zach's camp and from clutch trying to get out there to be like, you know, he's, he's really trying. He like respects tomorrow, but like not sure about Billy Donovan and like, not sure where the bulls are going here. Uh, so just kind of trying to put them on notice again, because then I mentioned like later, then you get the stuff from Cowley and Casey about how Bulls locker room and players are directing their ire at Zach. So that almost felt like the Bulls, like Bulls sources fi- firing back at Zach for being for kind of loafing in that Timberwolves game, just like not playing well for much, as well as he can for much of the season. So it's like. Stuff like that. I feel like the, the report was a little more than maybe like anything. A lot of this stuff always gets overblown these days in terms of stuff because there's social media and with this kind of reporting, any type of tension, it's like, oh my God, like this is happening. Like everything needs to be blown up. Obviously, we said the Bulls need to be blown up, but like, I mean, this, this happens with so many teams. I mean, we saw there was stuff with the Trey Young and Nate McMillan stuff earlier. I mean, this happened with the Celtics last season, not saying the Bulls are the Celtics. The Celtics are much better, but when the Celtics were having like their team meetings and like shit was hitting the fan with them when they were struggling, stuff that just gets blown out out of proportion this year with social media. Like again, I was like, when I was reading through like the Jordan rules this past, uh, I read finally read it this last year and just like reading like all the shit that that Bulls team went through. And that Bulls team was great and elite, but they had like so many problems and like, Imagining like that kind of stuff leaking out on a daily and like a daily to weekly basis, like people would be going nuts. And like, it's not a surprise that the Bulls were frustrated with an 11 18 record. It's not a surprise that Zach's frustrated with how he's been playing with stuff that's been going on and like the Billy stuff. So, like, none of it was like that surprising or groundbreaking. It was interesting that like Zach was kind of on the record with some quotes in there and that whatever it's now being put out there that Billy, there's maybe some skepticism of Billy when, of course, he got the secret extension. Um, 
And so he's not really going anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, it's, and it, again, it just kind of brings it to the national attention, just kind of playing into this whole, like, are the Bulls going to blow it up? They should blow it up. All these teams are, like, vulturing and waiting for them to, to see if they're going to make these guys available. It's, I mean, it's coming from, like, all angles now, from all these different reporters. Like, everyone's watching. Like, Wendy put something out there on his podcast. Like, everyone's watching. Eric Pincus has done it. I think Woj has mentioned it. Others have done it. Like, everyone's watching the Bulls. They're ready to make offers for these guys. Like, if they make them available, are they going to do it? So it's like... We'll we'll see again. Winning these couple games kind of stems the tide here for a little bit. So what what did you make of uh, some of this stuff here? So first of all, like I don't understand why other teams are waiting to see if the Bulls are open for business. Just call them and make a trade offer. <laughs> right. That's how this should yeah. work, right? And the Bulls can decide if they want to accept the trade offer or decline it. Uh, my takeaway from the athletic story is that. I do believe that was kind of a Zach Levine power play because Levine doesn't really like Billy Donovan. Uh, Donovan benched him earlier this season in a game. Levine and him had like a little war of words in the media after that. Uh, There was a line in the athletic story that said, you know, there's skepticism over Billy and the coaching staff. I think that was probably directly coming from Zach. Was there another player uh, who backed that up? I would be really interested in knowing that. Uh, Not like I think Billy Donovan is like some great coach or anything, but I think that mostly that was... Clutch and Levine probably being like Zach is straight up not having a good time. He wouldn't mind being moved elsewhere. And if this gives him enough push for there to be a trade, uh, then maybe it should happen. And our boy Laro, one of the best Bulls fans on Twitter, uh, just great basketball mind in general. Laro Golden, follow him on Twitter. But he dug up the infamous oh, yeah. clip. <laughs> of Levine's interview with ESPN during the weekend the Bulls hosted the All-Star game, which was like a week before the pandemic started. And Levine said, oh, you know, I'd love to play with someone like LeBron James, but that's (laughs) not going to happen. Lakers obviously have been uh, mentioned so much in terms of trade rumors this year. With the 2027, 2029 pick, they got Westbrook's expiring contract. You could see, you know, a match there potentially. We'd been thinking it would be DeMar, but could it also be Levine? Uh, I think Levine would probably not mind getting out of Chicago. I think he likely doesn't love Billy Donovan. I think he views DeRozan as being like a similar tiered super, like similar tiered star as him. But DeRozan is the one who gets all the late game opportunities. Well, guess what, Zach? DeRozan's great at it and you kind of suck at it in terms of like decision making and shot making in the clutch. By the way, Levine did hit two big shots <laughs> yeah. inside the final minute today. Demar hit one too, and then Demar airballed the second one. And <laughs> the Bulls won on a tip in from Io on the Kobe assist. So uh, Levine's just not good enough of a player to try to pull a leverage move like that. Like that's just sort of a sloppy, messy way to handle this. To like take it to Shams and to have some like drama report. Uh, certainly sounds like, you know, there was some drama around the team because yep. everyone fucking yelled at Zach uh, during <laughs> that Wolves game. So maybe Zach tried to get ahead of that and spun a story with his agency in the national media about uh, maybe this is Billy Donovan's fault and not my fault. <laughs> uh, maybe me and DeMar can't work together. Uh, Zach, at the end of the day, dude, you're just not that level of superstar to pull that shit. And I think Ben the Ben Simmons saga taught us this last year that like there is an invisible line of how good you have to be as an NBA star to actually force your way out. Uh, James Harden was clear of the line. Anthony Davis was clear of the line. Ben Simmons was not. 
Zach Levine <laughs> is also not. Uh, and then you also wonder, like, you know, Levine's contract, $215 million, five years, this is the first year. Um, how many teams actually view him as a positive asset on that deal? In the Eric Pincus story, they said, you know, teams around the league viewed Levine's contract as a bad contract the second he signed it, which, you know, isn't hard to believe uh, because in general, he's like, you know, maybe the 25th to 30th best player in the league. So now he's getting paid, I think, is the 15th or 16th highest paid player. Also, you can see why the Bulls did it and why, you know, we wanted them to do it because Zach earned that contract by being a dynamic rim finisher and three-point shooter. Uh, and also, like, don't lose a really good player for nothing. When yeah. you see Donovan Mitchell get traded for four first-round picks and Rudy Gobert go for five first-round picks and DeJounte Murray for three first-round picks, I think the big question is, like, do the Bulls view Zach as a long-term piece? Does Zach want to be here? And then what do they do with DeMar? Because DeMar has one more year left on his contract. The Sham story also said, and, you know, a max extension for DeMar would be four <laughs> years, 154 million. Not happening. So let's just put a pin in that. Like, yeah. everyone said the Bulls signed DeMar to a bad contract. Yeah. Got him. Okay, DeMar immediately made it look like a bad contract for DeMar. He <laughs> yeah. outplayed it so much. Uh, it's a very team-friendly contract for the Bulls now. And DeMar DeRozan is nothing but a pure and beautiful human being. If the Bulls trade him, I will truly be sad because he's one of the best free agent signings in Chicago sports over the last decade. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Over the last two decades ever. I mean, DeMar fucking rocks. And he deserves to put his late game brilliance on display for a team that can actually win at a high level instead of with the Bulls. I do just wonder, though, like, are they really going to give DeMar $50 million a year? Because no way. He earned it. You would have to say he's earned it. He was second team all NBA last year, but also like don't pay for past performance. You need to pay for future yeah. performance. And if they actually give DeMar that extension, can't you just imagine them one day attaching another pick to like offload <laughs> that contract? I DeMar mean, maybe you give him like a two year, like a huge like balloon two year deal. I mean, a four year deal at like 40 to 50 million when DeMar is 34, 35 would be absolutely fucking insane. Like, you just, just no. Like, and like, I mean, and I, I mean, obviously good for DeMar if it happened. Like, get your money, DeMar, especially after taking what I mean, remember, there were, there were rumors that DeMar DeRozan was going to play for the fucking mid level. Like, I don't know how serious that ever was, but like, that shit was out there. Like, maybe he'll take, like, he'll play for the mid level on the Lakers or Clippers. And that, like, that's absolutely insane. Uh, where he's making like 27 million a year now, but now then coming back and getting like 40 to 50 again would be crazy. And it was mid thirties, but I mean, he, he's not as good this year as he was last year, but he still has been pretty dang good. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, I could not imagine the bulls extending him. I think they'll either whatever trade I, I mean, right now. I just, I would be still kind of surprised if they trade him, but I think it would have anything. They'd play out the contract and see, or trade him next year, depending on how things are going or in the off season. But uh, I, f I feel like there's just no way they'd give him that extension, at least a full four year one. I mean, maybe you give him like a short term one, but uh, yeah. Well, man, it just seems like the Bulls are very much week to week. I don't think there's much upside on this current group, but I enjoy this roster. It's not like I hate this team and hate watching them and want it all to get blown up to smithereens. It would probably be in the best long term interest of the franchise to do some sort of pivot. Uh, selling high on DeMar, selling high on AC. 
getting rid of Vooch. Before. Vooch has been playing great. Hey, Vooch is, Vooch is I, playing well. Though. I, I tweeted mean, this yesterday. He's shooting like 60 damn percent this month. Like he's he had a great I mean, he destroyed the heat. I mean, going up against Bam out of bio, he had like 30 points on like 11, 12 or 15 shooting. He had a fantastic game and he's been shooting really well all month. Uh, he had another I don't think he shot as well today, but today he was. What am I doing here? He was, I mean, 20 points, 8 of 17. He was a minus 13. So not as good today. Okongwu had a pretty nice game. But, I mean, in general, Vooch, Vooch's numbers look fine. Like, I, I wouldn't say, like, Vooch is the problem. It's just, like, the mix has obviously been the problem. And the mix just doesn't seem to have much upside. So it's like, where is it actually going? Uh, I mean, but they, I mean, there, there are moments where they, where it does, they, there is talent. I mean, there's obviously there's talent here with all these all-star guys. And like, sometimes Pat looks great and Pat had a couple big clutch buckets tonight. Uh, Kobe has his games. Like there's talent here where it does come together. Sometimes it just doesn't happen enough. And there are games where their defense gets absolutely roasted and they get fucking torched. So it's like, it all makes for a mid team. Ultimately, they are probably one of the most mid teams in the NBA. There are all these other teams in the East. I mean, the Hawks, Heat, Pacers are all like right around 500. Like the Timberwolves, I think, are as well. So, like, the Bulls are just in that mix for the most mid team in the NBA. And obviously, like, that's often not a great place to be. Uh, basketball hell, whatever you want to call it, which is why, like, at some point, it's like you have to do something. You can't just keep going forward with this mid core and hope is pray for Lonzo Baldy and health at some point you got to do something. So it's like, I don't know. You can still enjoy like when they like nice games and like a, a nice IO game winner. That's fun to see uh, when he beats Trey young, he's gotten the better Trey young multiple times in his career, breaking out the right trap. I mean, Trey young had a huge first half today and did jack shit in the second half. And uh, he did have some nice passes down the stretch, but like IO did a pretty good job on him when the, once he lost AC and he's done a good job on his for his for career. Uh, I mean, nice again, nice to see Patrick Williams come up with a finally a few nice clutch baskets. Um, again, if we're talking about like future and blowing it up, like those, these are the, the young guys. It's nice to see them making plays uh, in, in close games and stuff like that. Because if the Bulls are going to do anything in the future, if they do pivot, you're going to need some of these young guys to play well. So you can still enjoy some of these nice moments and still believe like these two wins mean don't mean much in the grand scheme of things unless they somehow go on a huge run, which. I'd be surprised because we've seen them have good games before and then totally fall apart. But uh, who knows? So I watched the whole game. I had not checked the box score yet. First of all, seeing seven to 24 from three. Well, that sounds about right. The Bulls <laughs> yeah. go seven to 24 from three every game. What I was going to say is Levine took so many mid range shots today. I didn't even realize he only took two threes. He made one of them. Everything was mid range today. And it's like, Zach, if you're going to be in your peak form, threes and shots at the rim and today was all mid-range shit and then you look i thought zach played fine he played pretty well 22 points on eight to 16 shooting five assists five rebounds it looks a lot better that those mid-range those clutch mid-range shots went in if those clutch mid-range shots didn't go in like they haven't been all year then you're looking at a pretty weak game late game offense is different but just in general yeah he needs more threes (laughs) In more rim shots yeah. because the team doesn't shoot any threes. Like yeah. if you go, if you take 24 threes just on attempts, you're going to lose every game. The Hawks took 37 and you know, the bulls were barely able to claw this one out after leading by 13, like one second before halftime. And then DeMar tries to take a charge <laughs> with one second left from 70 feet away and then gets a technical for complaining about it and gives up three <laughs> points. So that was a really strange play that happened, but uh, 
they got to get Zach to just be ripping threes because that's why they paid him because he's yeah. great at volume three point shooting and at finishing at the rim. So, man, if you were rooting for the blow it up, the fact that they finally clawed one out of a close game is probably a bummer for you. But you know what? This team's likable. Uh, and, and it's just nice to see him win a close game. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I think ultimately it's probably just going to kind of, like I said, I think it's going to be the same dance all year. Where they'll have some nice wins and then they'll make you pull your hair out and it's going to kind of go back and forth like this. At least, I mean, we're playing, we're what, 31 games now? We're almost halfway through the season. And it's kind of just been like this all year. There's no reason to think that it's going to be much different, I guess. Like, I mean, maybe Zach does start getting a little, start playing consistently better, but I don't know. And like the young guys have been just kind of been a similar. It does, yeah. Like you said, there just doesn't seem like there's like a big leap coming, especially with the Lonzo situation. So it does just seem like they're going to be, maybe they just get more clutch luck and they win some more games. Like just these close games that have gone against them. Maybe some of them start coming their way and they are able to like get back to around 500 or a little over, but like, it just seems like they're going to be in that, in that play in range. And, um, and I think if that's the case, they're not blowing it up. That's not going to happen. I think they would really have to bottom out, even if we think that it pro- might be the best way to go. If they're going to be around 500 in this playing range, it's just not going to happen. They want to. They want play in game. They want a chance for the postseason. Get to those home games. Maybe you get lucky in the playoffs. I don't know, but so I think yeah. Uh, ultimately, if you're looking, at, yeah, basically like you said, if you're looking, if you're rooting for a blow it up, these two games definitely the worst thing you could really ask for because to like two losses these last two games, and if you're 11 and 20, like that's really like you, it's hard to really come back from that. But now with where they're at now, we'll see. Knicks on Friday, then you get a few Christmas break, uh, and then the Rockets on Monday, as you said, then the Bucks next week. Ricky, we can probably wrap it up here. Yes, wrap it up. All right, that'll do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Iron Network. Tons of great pods all across the network. For us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Ricky is at SBN underscore Ricky. So everybody out there, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate out there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're coming to the end of the year. It's been a tough year for the Bulls since basically 2022 came around. Uh, but we'll see what happens. And this could go in, I guess, plenty of directions as we've talked about right here. But hope everybody has a hell- happy holidays out there. We'll be back uh, next week, probably after they play New York and Houston. We'll talk about those couple, those games. Take it easy, everybody. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.